Coming to you from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Quinn Spin. Hey now, and welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of... The Quinn Spin. I'm your host, The Quinn. I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, YouTube, and more for another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. You just heard Revel 9's All I've Become, our opening theme song here at The Quinn Spin since the great year of 2014. And it will be until the very end of days. And super excited to be here with you today and to be with Claire Cunningham, who, among other things, is making her Grand Ole Opry debut on March 18th, which is about as of release date, because we're releasing this on March 9th. I forgot to tell you that, so we're breaking the fourth <laughs> wall, is next week. So, And a new music video just was released as well for Clovers. We're going to get into all that stuff. But first of all, Claire, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And it's impressive to watch that happen in real person I, in, in real person in real life <laughs> i feel i feel like that's the main reason people come on the show now is just to see like if i pass out doing the uh, <laughs> i keep trying to hold it for longer and longer and longer um but yeah but it's funny because somebody was on somebody went on youtube i forget what episode it was and commented like oh that's the most cringeworthy intro ever i'm like well it's evolved into that over the course of 10 years so the chance of me changing that now and be doing something normal just not no happen. it's perfect yeah. it's your brand <laughs> exactly exactly this show is cringeworthy so we're gonna be cringeworthy here That's yes what we're gonna do. let's do all the cringe i'm about it <laughs> we'd, we'd be nothing without the cringe here <laughs> so hey, my hair is probably cringy right now it's raining hard outside folks it's so, so humid like it's oh, i it's, know <laughs> it's so, so like i'm not used to this like stuffiness because mm -hmm. it's winter i know yeah we're recording so this we're recording this during the monsoons in february and like, yeah, huge Every storm, year. huge yeah. storm just rolled through. It was 75 yesterday, Yeah, 75 today, but like, I think the, it's going to be 40 or something yeah. today, tomorrow. So that's typical Tennessee. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, yeah, we're having a nice, you know, typical 30 degree drop mm -hmm. uh, and then the weekend's going to be nice, but yeah. that's, that's in the past as of airing, yeah. you don't, you all don't care about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we do right now because it is stuffy in here, but anyway, so I ask every guest of the show three standard questions to start us off, and those three questions are, who are you, what are your passions, and why on earth would you want to come on the Quinn Spin? So, I am Claire Cunningham. I'm originally from Ireland, uh, a little rural village called Cullen in County Loud, um, but now I lay my hat here in Tennessee. My passions, of course, are my music first and foremost. That's always been um, the only job, and I say job in an inverted commas um or in quotes um because it's it's a pure passion for me um and mental health awareness is something that i advocate for so heavily but through my music and then fitness mm -hmm. oh, i'm a big fitness buff yeah and, <laughs> and a foodie and all the other things but they would be my main yeah kind of things and why your show well why not exactly you're amazing um oh, well, no thanks. any platform that allows me the you know um a stage a platform to be able to speak and talk and and have people see who who i am behind all the <laughs> the craziness is is just a beautiful thing and uh i've been watching a few of the others and they're amazing and i'm very very blessed so yeah so yeah and you you seem like a really cool guy so. oh well thank you i appreciate <laughs> that and thanks for coming on again and yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into everything you just mentioned mm -hmm. you know as far as not only the music but all the the holistic wellness mm -hmm. that you advocate for. Yeah. But before we do that, I want to know more about your background growing up in Ireland and how that influenced you, what it was like growing up in Ireland and how that steered you, or maybe it didn't steer you toward a creative path and you found it on your own. But what was what was the influence of your upbringing? Yeah, um, so I grew up in a on a road that had three houses. We were one of three. Mm -hmm. And so there really wasn't, all that much going on um my family life was very uh you know active so we were into all the sports mm -hmm. and so i was very grateful that my parents were very um forthcoming in their lending their whole lives to their children i'm one of four um so we were very very kind of i guess oh, what is the word i'm looking for like 
we were very innocent growing up because mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of you know exposure to the outside world yeah yeah in 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 a respect and so um very very innocent but we music was a big part of our culture and it still is in ireland Mm. um so i was always influenced by a lot of what my parents were listening to at the time and and then in school you know amongst my peers uh we were all kind of very into the music and um again fitness so so i think they they came hand in hand really growing Mm up um you know but it's you know i knew i had to kind of spread the wings and fly in order to make a career out of what i do right now yeah And, and so was there a point where you decided like i'm going to make a career out of this and like you started to put those pieces together and like what was that point Honestly, when I was three years old, somebody asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I literally answered a rock star. And so something was born inside of me that knew music was my passion. And was and, and honestly, because I believe because it's a gift, I truly believe that it was always my calling. And I kind of always knew that. And And to some people that might sound a bit odd or crazy or... You know, it's some people take a long time to find what they love and what they really are good at. But I found it at such a young age. So, yeah, I I'm just so blessed for that because I always knew my path and I kind of just grinded towards it, you know. So what were some of the steps you started taking then once you came of age and once you decided to go in that direction that eventually led you to the United States and in Nashville? Like. Take us through that journey and what that was like. Yeah. So at six years of age, I decided that I wanted to learn the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started off keyboard lessons. And then when my f- parents saw that I had a real passion about it and I was really into it, um, we um, then got a uh, an upright grand that still stays at home. It's <laughs> still there. Um, had um, piano lessons um did all the grades then I decided that I was going to I didn't ever decide I was going to be a songwriter I think my poetry as a child was my songwriting and then at around 16 years of age um after being selected at a lot of school plays and different things I was always going to be the singer and you know so there was even teachers had started to to notice the musical side of um my abilities um I picked up the guitar um and I self thought myself guitar on the knowledge that I had from the piano and then I started writing songs that was when I really started putting music to to my poetry mm-hmm. um and then, yeah, so I left Ireland. Well, I left my home yeah. where I grew up um, to move to Dublin mm-hmm. to get, um, about, well, that was a diploma, actually. It was in the rock school. <laughs> it was in <laughs> Ballyferma. It was, yeah, popular music technology. Mm-hmm. Then I took myself off to the UK. Okay. I was in London for a couple of years, got my Bachelor of Arts in Music there, moved to Cardiff in Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a band called Smoke and Aces that I put together. This is really the short of it, guys. <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah. And then from there, I got headhunted on YouTube from uh, a band called Thunder Mother. Okay. And that was where my career really excelled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent five years with the girls. And then that's the process I started when I departed that band. Mm-hmm. I, I had always wanted to come to, to America. America was somewhere that really called to me i mm-hmm. felt mm-hmm. and so in 2018 i made the move yeah it wasn't that simple but i did make the move <laughs> especially not from overseas oh gosh so, no yeah so why nashville as opposed to la or new york or austin or any other city yeah lots of people ask that and it's a really good question and i believe nashville was calling to me for more reasons than just music mm-hmm. i did find the lord in 2020 so i truly believe that the people that were around me when I first moved were the people that helped make me grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to fall upon them for that. But musically, oh, I just, I loved the vibe in Nashville. You yeah. know? But now LA was somewhere I really did want to move to. But I just knew that when I moved to the States, it was just going to be easier. That there's, there's the Southern charm and the, the welcomeness that comes 
in the South that reminded me of home. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, and at the time I was more into probably more of the popular country stuff because I'm not a country artist, but I, I, I just, I was so drawn to the, the atmosphere and the thrill that mm-hmm. Nashville, uh, you know, um, really gives us. Yeah. Know? And it's a songwriter's town. It's a storyteller's For town. Sure. And I think too, like, you know, going to New York or L.A., like for me, like because I was thinking about New York before I moved here because I'm from New Jersey. So, right. you know, and I was living in Pennsylvania at the time, so it still would have been pretty close, you know, so I wouldn't have been far away from everybody. But Nashville just started making sense. And like what I really came to find about Nashville is it's easier to find your people not get so swallowed up in the grandiosity that you find in a New York or in L.A. Like there are more Precise. music people per capita here than anywhere else in the world. Well, yeah, you're going to an area that already has people set in stone for your you know job or passion Mm -hmm. and so it kind of makes sense and you're right there is that uh, camaraderie as well of when you're new to town that people kind of take you under the wing and Mm -hmm. that is something awesome about nashville yeah that you do not get in a lot of places yeah very pay it forward kind of culture very very and i think like you know you find the cutthroat mentality anyway you can find it anywhere you know what i mean but like there's less of it here, even today, you know, even as, you know, you've had the city grow and like an influx of people from other places, there still is that sense of community. And I keep saying that sense of like, if you're doing good work for the right reasons, that people are going to help you, you know, I'm going to want to see you succeed. I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If your heart is in the right place and you are doing it, you know, because people will sniff you out if you're not. Yes. Yes. And if you're not going to work hard and you're not going to, show you know that you are a loving kind and humble person Mm -hmm. i think that really goes a long way yeah as well here yeah being genuine yeah genuine because like you said like if somebody's disingenuous or not doing it for the wrong reasons and not trying to pull other people up with if they're if you're not making it about something bigger than yourself yeah People are going to sniff that out right away. Oh, 100%. And it's going to hurt your chances of growing as an artist. Yeah. It's going to hurt your chances of growing as a person because you're not going to have those interactions. You're not going to have those relationships. Exactly. So the best thing to do is just like identify your why, identify why you're here and what message you have to share that's bigger than you because that's going to be the key. And like how you can use that to impact the people around you, to help the people around you and eventually, you know, broaden that circle. Yeah. And that should be in every aspect of life other than music as well. I find when people are kind of self-fulfilling them, you know, it's that can only go so far. Mm -hmm. We're on this earth to help and, and be a guide to other people and be the light that we get sometimes in others. And I think that's so beautiful. And if you can pay it forward, like you said, I think Mm -hmm. they just, yeah. And that's why certain places are so special. And I think that's why Nashville is so special. Yeah. And I think for professional reasons too, like no, there's no such thing as doing it all on your own. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a great contributed article in our Wednesday Wisdom series at UMC from Sydney Eugene, who's worked for Sony UMG. Like, mm. you know, he's spent so much time in the industry, decades. And it's about redefining what a DIY artist is. And like, do it yourself. Like, there's no such thing. You know, once you get like past that certain beginning stage, like you need those relationships and they need to be strong. They need to be sincere. <laughs> you know, they need to be mutually beneficial. Yeah. And it's a great piece. Go check it out on Underground Music mm-hmm. Collective. I don't want to get any of it wrong, but it was a really good like argument for like, let's change what DIY means and the acronym to not spoil it for you. Like each letter means something different than what you would think, you yes. know? I and, like those kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, it is, it's so important to realize that it can't come down to just you, you know? And as you're trying to grow your platform, like you're going to need those relationships. You're going to need people on your team. You're going to need to be able to delegate things. And that's something, yeah. delegation, something I struggle with. So you know, <laughs> it's close to home for me. Hey, if you need anybody, I, I need a team. So I'm happy to delegate. No, and you're right, though, that there's no I in team. Um, but the main thing, I think, with a lot of these things is having a trustworthy uh, few people around you. Like, it's like a French, it's like friendships. You don't mm-hmm. need many friends. You just need a few good quality ones. And I think that's the same with our industry and and as an artist like you want people who see something in you and who believe in you and who want you to succeed you're not just a number you're not just going to get shelled and you're not just a business model Mm -hmm. somebody and I think that's where I've always 
when people ask, oh, why aren't you this, that, and the other? I'm like, because the right people have not come along yet. Right. I really, truly think that it's a timing thing. It is. You know. It is. The timing and just the vibe, the energy's got to be yeah. right. I'm a big proponent of protecting your energy. Uh, you yeah. probably, if you yeah. watch yeah. or listen to the episodes, exactly. you, <laughs> you know that. And it's like... Because if you have this energy that runs counter to your values around you, it's only going to distract you. It's only yep. going to take away from what you're here to do and the impact that you're here to make. Exactly. You know, and over the past year or two, that's been big for me is just like, you know, not putting walls up necessarily, but like limiting the energy that's distracting, that's adverse, you know, and just really focusing on like building that sense of community, that sense of tribe with people who are going in that same direction. Exactly. Similar yes. Values. You need to stay focused and disciplined and surround yourself with those that are of similar mindsets. Yeah. Because you will get distracted and we all fall short sometimes. Of like course. I included it's, you know, and there's a few dangly carrots that'll come along every now and again, but <laughs> <laughs> God's will, so you know you'll yeah. always stay on track. Yeah, yeah. And, and you recognize them faster as you go, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I've gotten great at recognizing those dangly carrots, the red flags, you know? Like, yeah. oh, I've seen this situation before. Mm, yeah. You know, maybe keep keep it at arm's length, you know? Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. And so wellness, of course, is something that's very important to you in a holistic sense. Mm -hmm. uh, spiritual, mental health, as you mentioned, physical health, as you mentioned. Let's start with the spiritual piece, because you did start to allude to... The, um, your faith yeah. uh, a few years ago, you found your faith again. I did. And so did. as much as you want to share about that experience and what brought you there and how that's helped open new doors and open your perspective. Well, first of all, I'm just so grateful and blessed that I have restored a relationship uh, with the Lord. Um, growing up in Ireland, um, we were religious but not say spiritual. Mm -hmm. And some people may not understand that. And what I mean by that is you went to church, but you didn't exactly know who Jesus was. Yeah. It was just a, um, it was kind of like a task that you a, had to do. A, formal, a chore, a formality. Kind yeah. of, really, honestly. Um, you know, you're saying prayers, you're, you're, you're living a life that is just, you know, you're saying it all, but you're not actually living. Right. It. And, you know, I saw an unfortunate amount of like hypocrisy uh, going on in the church mm -hmm. and just, you know, uh, there was a lot. It was a combination of things that just led me to want to leave all of us. I just I, 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 had, I was fed up, honestly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so with that um, and I know I had to go down these roads and pathways, but, uh, you know, everything into like there was witchcraft mm -hmm. i mean and i don't mean that as a woo-woo thing like you know sorcery palm reading angel cards like psychics like everything that like the bible doesn't go with uh -huh. right and so um and it's all out there there's yeah. a there's a whole energetic world out there and i was so heavily involved in it mm -hmm. uh the occult i guess they call it um and then unfortunately i was led down that pathway by really you know satanic kind of people um as well and then you know you mix that with um and I have never abused any substance in, 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 in my life, thankfully. But there are certain substances that you can take mm -hmm. that will heal you, you mm -hmm. know, he, quote unquote, heal you, um, take you on these spiritual journeys. And I was led down some awful paths. Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's just not even worth like describing some of those stuff. But I say this to say that in 2020, at the end of that year um and it had taken the the worst kind of pathway that i did go down to then come out of that and then just christ really i was open to i just i had to leave that world behind but it's been slow like mm -hmm. even over the last year i've let go of other things like things i didn't even realize that i was doing and still holding on to that would leave a door a pathway open for mm -hmm. that kind of world yeah um and it's just been such an amazing journey. I, you know, as much as, and I'm writing about this as well at the minute, it's going to be like a blog slash memoir. There's been so many people I've tried to get to help me, you know, either with mental health, mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, overeating. It's a thing. Um, you know, too much exercise, you name it. Like I, 
I am a very hands-on kind of person mm-hmm. and the only relief I've ever truly gotten is the peace that resides within me, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And right. they, all the answers I need and ever have needed have been there. And so when I access that, it's just wonderful. Like no therapist has ever gotten as deep as the Holy Spirit. And But, you know, and I know everyone's got their own journey and mm-hmm. not everybody finds that. But it's it's yours and yours alone. And I love to be able to just share some of the things I have been gifted and given and if a new life like they say reborn because you do like i've changed so much yeah. in these past few years it's crazy yeah well yeah. for the better right right <laughs> I right mean. yeah i think i think no matter how you arrive to that sense of inner peace the important thing is getting there yes you know and yes. it's a really hard thing to do and there there's a lot out there in the world you know that will claim to be the thing to take you there right you know, just like there's a lot in the music industry that'll claim to be your magic bullet to success, which none of those work. They don't. There's no such thing as overnight success. No thing. And, or a diet pill. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the things. It's well, like the quick fix. There's yeah. there's no quick fix. No. You know, there's no, no quick fix. You know, and the thing is, like, it takes that work. It takes actually going inward and dealing with the discomfort to actually find that sense of inner peace. And, like, yes. looking at the ugly stuff yeah. that most people... We'll yeah. try to avoid through whatever means, you know, yeah. and actually like doing the work on why that's there in the first place. Exactly. And how to change your relationship with it. You know, for some people, it is faith. For some people, yeah. therapy works. For some people, oh, yeah. like, yeah. you know, but it, it, the most important thing I think is finding that sense of inner peace and inner wellness mm-hmm. and leading with that, you know, and just yeah. coming back to that when those triggers happen when those dangling carrots come up, you know, right, it's right. like, just remember where you've been and remember the work that you've done and draw on that work. Yeah. And that's, you've just touched on everything I advocate for. I, you know, everyone comes from trauma. Everyone has a story. Everyone is on their own journey. And this whole stigma that we can't talk about mm-hmm. it, like face those demons. You're going to have to, we all have them. I included, and I'm being very honest in this um, you know memoir I'm writing more honest than I've probably ever been but it's I feel it's my duty to mm-hmm. do that yeah and you know the the very premise of that inner peace I've always said is if you go within you will never go without mm-hmm. and it's it we all have it it's mm-hmm. it's here it's 24 yeah. 7 but yes when you go in uh you, you know you have to serve from a cup half full uh, half empty probably mm-hmm. is what I really mean but mm-hmm. because if you're full of bad energy and, and a lot of trauma you can't really take in anymore until mm-hmm. you get rid and I yeah. think it's that process that people find the most difficult right right mm-hmm. and getting rid of it means again facing that discomfort yeah. you know yeah. and it's discomfort for a reason <laughs> you yes. know because it's not easy to deal with it but like yeah. it's important to and it's important to share stories as well because that's how yeah not only we learn and connect to other people, but it's how we can help and have an impact too. Like we don't move forward if everybody just keeps it to themselves and just like toughs it out. And you know, like right. growing up in rural America in the nineties and early two thousands, like that was, Oh, well, you need to toughen up this, that, and the other. Yeah. And even like in my professional life, people have been like, Oh, well you shouldn't talk about this because people aren't going to take you seriously as an entrepreneur. And just just talk about it after. Talk about it after you've beat it. Tell people how you've beat it. It's like, no, no. absolutely not. Because there are yes. people going through this very thing right now. Who need you. Who need it. And like, I'm going to walk with them instead of at them. Be like, I have the secret. Like this whole guru culture. It's like, I have the yeah. secret and you listen to me. No, we're all in this with each other. We're yeah. all in this together. And I was very happy because a couple of months ago, um, my co-host Jason, who also... I went to high school with like he came on for the express purpose of having that conversation of like I'm in the moment of this and I'm dealing with this and it's mm-hmm. like I hope it helps somebody and that's that's what's going to drive us forward not this like well I'm so tough and unbeatable yes. because I beat this thing way back and it doesn't matter now when secretly it still does you know it's still still there like mm-hmm. it's always still there it's just you manage it better right you know yeah it's not like you ever get rid of uh, of these things sometimes like you can heal and you can time will pass and you can evolve but yeah we all have our little triggers and our little things and 
But like you said, the more we openly talk about those, the more we realize we're not alone mm-hmm. in our struggles. And I, like you, I'm so grateful, and especially you as a male, because I know, especially back home as well, the cultural way is like, oh, no, we don't talk about our feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. not, you. we don't do that. And then look at the suicide rate. Yeah. And so... I just, I really do believe that if we just are a little more open and honest and not worrying about what, because, you know, when we we worry about what our friends or neighbors or family are going to think, they're all going through it too. Mm-hmm. And they're all hiding it. So why can't we just all be a little more honest and then we wouldn't have these stigmas? Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, you know, whatever our vices are, and I'm not a psychologist at all. I have an English degree. So I just hung out for four years in school. But <laughs> if I'm being honest. Life experience. Will... <laughs> finals week. Finals week was a party for me. It was a dream. I woke up at noon every day. I didn't have any finals. Everyone was like, oh my God, it's finals. I'm like, I don't do anything this week. I go to the midnight breakfast and I just hang out, write a paper once in a while. But I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist. Yeah. However, like the, um, there, how's that for a tangent, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking where this is going. Like, what was my point? I'm, I'm not editing this. This is great. This is gold. Um, like, this is where I was going. All of our traumas just manifest themselves in different ways. You know, whether that's through addiction, whether that's through whatever we're addicted to, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be sex, it could be gambling, it could be social media, it could be other people and codependency. It all comes from traumas that we haven't resolved, right? And so the only way to break those patterns and break those cycles is to re- do your best to resolve your traumas or at least make enough peace with them to where you can show up as a better version of yourself. Because if you don't do that, and I look, I see friends and the relatives in these same patterns over and over again, but like the step that they're missing is actually addressing the root of the issue. You have to address the root of the issue because if yeah. you don't do that, like it's just going to keep showing up. You're going to repeat the lesson over and over and over again. Oh, hundred percent. It's like putting a bandaid on a sword wound. Like, you know, you really have to get into the, the, the nitty gritty roots and start cutting them and mm-hmm. start like detaching from whether it's a social or a cultural kind of belief that you've had mm-hmm. or or you know when you grow up and you've been pounded down telling like by others like that you're not good enough or that you can't do this or the, the, you know it's just like it's those kind of things that if you're growing up believing because our our thoughts manifest into our bodies and that's why a lot of illnesses if you look at the deep core root of most illnesses it's like stress trauma Mm -hmm. yeah and you know like yes there are of course you know different illnesses exist and you can but like cancer is one of the Mm main biggest killers here Mm -hmm. and cancer what is that a lot of it is anger Mm mm-hmm It's crazy when you start, and I'm not a psychologist either, but I love studying this and I love to wonder why we are the way we are and what causes addictions, what causes these things. And you look at all the common denominator for all and it's, yeah, it is, it's, it's, how did you grow up? What, what, or maybe it was a trigger. Maybe it was in, you know, a traumatic event in your adulthood. Right. Something somewhere along the line causes Mm -hmm. our physical body to react to the outside world i think it takes time too to be ready to deal with those things but like you just get to a certain point where it shows up enough in your life that you can't ignore it anymore Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. like by not addressing that i liked the band-aid on a sword wound uh (laughs) another way to put it is you're trying to mop up the ocean you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna use that one that's good (laughs) you you know it's like yeah you you can go at it all day but like you know you're just you're just treating the symptom you're not treating the actual root cause and the root cause always, always, always traces back to some formative event. And it might not be in childhood, to your point, yeah. because we can still have formative experiences in adulthood, you know, and I'm still having for this, this all, this whole Nashville ride for me is a formative experience, yeah. you know, for later yeah. in life, you yeah. know, and it's just like the things that we face, you know, they do inform how we see the world, but also the way we address those things is key. Is. so and and part of how you like to address things of course is with physical fitness as well mm. which i can appreciate because me too like mm. that is that's the one hour a day i get you know away yeah. from all this so yeah. it's it's the physical side of things you know uh 
and I was so grateful because when I first realized I was suffering chronic anxiety, I was around 27 and I'd had it since child childhood. And so for me, it was normal the way I was going about mm-hmm. my life, but it wasn't normal. And thankfully, the doctor, I remember who, well, enough people kept telling me, you know, you might want to talk to somebody. And mm-hmm. I was like, no you know I was so against it even culturally I was like no no it's nothing wrong with me it's it's everyone else right. it wasn't it was all to do with me and um I did walk into the 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 office that day and I said to the doctor sitting down I said well listen the first thing I want to tell you is that I don't want a pill to make me feel better mm-hmm. like I'm an active kind of go-getter what can I do like so therapy I think it was CBT it's like cognitive behavioral therapy uh-huh you know I got to to see a therapist but he said also get yourself to the gym Mm -hmm. now I was very active in my entire life growing up and stuff but it had gone a bit to the wayside so I say that to say you don't have to go to a gym but movement is Mm -hmm. clinically proven to reduce stress anxiety and it just makes you feel good all round Mm -hmm. now the type of lifestyle that I lead is very much the type of lifestyle that an Olympian might you know, or a, a pro athlete, like I am spending hours on my body a day, but that includes sauna, cold plunging, all of that stuff. But for me, I love it. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 a true need. It's my body just physically wants that. Yeah. Um, but also it is partly because I think through a lot of traumatic experiences I've had in childhood and adulthood, especially with men, I think there is an underlying need to want to be strong. Yeah. To defend myself. Mm-hmm. Really, if I'm looking deeper into yeah. the reason why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, you know, I... I don't think I've had, you know, those quite those experiences, but like, you know, I was bullied a lot in school. So now it's like, I'm going to make myself as physically strong as I can, you know? And, you know, it's, you know, it's not something that really happens anymore in my life, but it's just good to, you know, feel like I can carry that load, you know, and like feel like I can take care of myself and pick up for myself. And also, yeah, the stress relief, you know, aspects of wellness, of physical fitness, like the, just putting it into your routine and giving yourself that to look forward to. It's almost yes. like a reward for <laughs> like, so you know, yeah. for all the screen time and for all the time mm-hmm. working. It's like, okay, this hour is mine. Today I'm leaving my phone in the car. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know? No, it is. It's a form of meditation if there's if there's a way of explaining it. You know, a lot of people have alluded to the fact that, how well, you never rest. You're never, you know, but I'm like, but you've no idea that. Well, like, and I'm my, like, and I'll hit a bag every day, usually for like 30 minutes and on top of all of mm-hmm. what I do. But that's like, oh, that's like pure relief for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to sit in a chair and be in silence. That kind of, just doesn't same, really do it same. for me yeah i'm so like yeah so if i can just be focused on something mm-hmm. and training for me like putting in a pair of headphones and just focusing and just being so in that moment mm-hmm. and being present is just oh nothing compares to that but again not everybody likes like most people have to force themselves or mm-hmm. motivate, get have motivation to do it. But you don't, you know, like I said, you can just walk. You mm-hmm. can do something that actively raises your heart rate because mm-hmm. you will find more benefits than just in the physical attribute of it. It's like your inner being, you know, you're more youthful for it. You'll make better life choices. And plus, if you put your body through something really hard every day, what follows that is not going to be that hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to, you're going to be able to, you know, things will bounce off you a lot quicker and easier than if you've pushed your body to a limit. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, for me, relaxing isn't sitting in front of the TV. <laughs> you know, like, that is the most. That's mo- my torture. I would be tortured. Oh, it's so boring. Like I was, <laughs> I you know, I was I was up back home for Christmas, and like on Christmas Day, I'm just sitting there watching football all day. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to go work or something. Like I need to pull out my laptop and do something, something, yeah. something else, like to focus on. But I mean, to your point, yeah, you don't have to go like and jump right into CrossFit. You don't have to go and jump right into something intense, like find a routine that works for you. And over time, if you want to add to that routine, you might you might find that you want to. You might find something that you really like and you're really passionate about. But like 
something's better than nothing, especially in the beginning. But the point is, like, we're made to move, you know? Like We we're are. Not... We're primal animals. Yeah. Like, really. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. We're not made for this sedentary, sedentary. lifestyle yeah. where no. you're sitting in front of the TV, binging Netflix, and then, you know, you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through social media. Like, mm. I mean, I'm guilty of the scroll myself. You know, I, I spend way too much time on my phone, to be honest. But it's like, also... I get up and move because like I need to, like if I go one or two days without like today's a rest day. So tomorrow absolutely cannot be a rest day. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. I Cause, cause that fine. second day I start to get real like antsy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. And that, and you do, you know what? You never have to explain that to somebody. I, I, I gave up explaining why I'm so fanatic about mm-hmm. what I do. I love it. It makes me feel good. People get the best version of me. So I don't really care too much about people telling me I do too much you do too much Mm -hmm. you you say you know it's it's just everyone knows best now I'm not going to say I don't take constructive criticism of course but you see the difference is now I listen to the Holy Spirit that guides me Mm -hmm. and I honestly you all can call me Lula but every day upon waking when I call in the energy Oh man, it's like I get extra sleep for it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I just get fueled by the yeah. Holy Spirit every day. And you know, I people ask me at the gym and stuff, like, what are you on? I'm like, I'm on Jesus. And they're like, What? <laughs> this makes no sense. But I've always been like that, but I'm even more so now. Right. Um, but yeah, I you know, everybody, like you said, you you have to find what works for you and your lifestyle. But please never say, I do not have the time. You do. You have 24 hours mm-hmm. every day. How you utilize those hours and prioritize those hours is is exactly up to you. So yes, you may have a family. Yes, you may have a job. Yes, but you get up 30 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. You go to bed 30 minutes later. Whatever it takes, if you really want to do something and you really need something, like if $800 left your bank account today and you needed, and the bank called you and said, you need to be here in 30 minutes or else that 800 is gone, you would get in your car and you would be to that bank. So it depends on what is most important for you. Yeah. Yeah, I really, truly believe that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you'll find a way or you'll find an excuse. And that's really what it comes out. You know, it's that old adage that you see on, you know, the motivational memes all the time. I I found it funny, too. People say, oh, you do too much. You need to slow down. It sounds like my mother. And if you've listened to the show, you know, my mother is the best friend I've ever had. (laughs) You know, I miss her tremendously. But like, as far as this goes. Like, we couldn't have been more far apart. Oh, you do too much. Oh, I can't keep tracking it. Why don't you go sit down somewhere? And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, I can't. This is where we're twins. My mother will watch this and she'll be like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Why don't you go sit down somewhere? No, like, because that is dreadfully boring to me. I can't do it. I, it just, I'm so, I'm laughing and very excited. The fact that you are very, like, I, it intrigues me when other people are like this because mm. it's very hard to explain to people why sitting down is such a problem. Yeah. Like, and again, I stopped trying to explain that. I'm like, this is how I am. And there's been only a select few people who are like, you know, it's awesome. You're like, you're really energetic and you're really primal and just be you. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm doing, but not pretty much 95% of people just don't understand. Right. Right. But, they don't have to. Right. I think how you feel and how you are mm-hmm. and what you what makes you feel good. Plus, we're probably a combination of a couple of letters. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most creative people are not the average nine to five goers. And, yeah. who, you know, oh, don't that's, take oh, pleasure. The nine to five is another thing. Like, I, I don't ever want to go back to that. <laughs> no. You know, like, no. and I've done that. And it's like, yeah, like, you've just got to do what whatever raises your vibration, do more of that. And it's different for every person. Some people love the nine to five and the simple life. And like, like my sister and I couldn't be more different in terms of like our approaches to life. Right. Right. Like she wanted to teach. She wanted to have a family. She did both of those things. She's really good at both of them. Cool. But like, there's an understanding that we have with each other. Like I'm the crazy brother who moved halfway across the country and you know, like she's in, you know, close to where we grew up and like, but we have that sense of respect and understanding for why the other is the way they are. And no matter what, like, you know, somebody can be completely opposite from you. And what that's taught me is like, you can still understand and respect them for their way of life and for their choices, for their decisions, you know, 
there's no re there's no reason to antagonize somebody for being different from you and yeah. your approach to something. And it's possible, <laughs> you know, it's possible Oops. to, you know, get along and understand the yeah. completely opposite perspective, you know, but at the same time, you've got to do what's right for you. Yeah. 100%. And that's exactly what you do. You do it for you because if you live a life for other people's wants and needs, you're going to live their idea of what life is Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the times that's why we not fight but we come up against people continuously who say you shouldn't do this you should do this you should you name it but at the end of the day that's their limitations Mm -hmm. or their opinions that and a lot of times unfortunately people around you who tell you to do something less of what you're doing is probably because there's a guilt in them Mm -hmm. and they want the same amount of time or the same amount of energy and they don't have that or they don't have it instilled in them and they don't want to see you have that Mm -hmm. and so they'll like kind of sometimes subconsciously try to tear you down Mm -hmm. so that you come to their level so they can feel justified about their actions and their lifestyle yeah but sorry folks like that's that's not the way you get people to respect you or yeah <laughs> have you heard of the crab and crabs in the bucket thing yeah, yeah like yeah. don't don't be a crab in a bucket you know yeah. And, yeah. and i think like you know you could always take feedback and like listen to what other people say and like take what is true from it but like don't lose yourself in that no you know don't yeah. don't compromise yourself and your values and what again what raises your vibration to be your best to please someone else. You know, that's, yeah. that's something I had to learn. Like, I think, you know, within the past year, I finally let go of people pleasing, you know, right. That's the, the major biggest one. The people biggest pleaser, one. Yes. you know, and it's so much more freeing to just not do that <laughs> anymore. It, Cause it's like, you know, you're, res- you're still respecting other people of course, of for their course. perspectives, but it's like, you don't need to live their life. You don't need to, you don't need to fold and make yourself small for them. You know, based on how they would approach a situation, based on how they would do this, live their lives. You know, right. there's you are the expert of you. Yes. And at the end of the day, you're living your life. And, you know, so many people get into even relationships. I, I've always said this, like thinking they're going to change the other person. Oh, and that is sad yeah. because if you start making little changes or thinking that you're going to either within yourself or on the other person you're going to find later on down the road you're going to really probably regret those Mm -hmm. and you're also going to be resentful because a lot of relationships like that don't end up you know the test of time and then when people say oh I lost myself in that relationship that's because you did you let go of your values your core values your beliefs your way of being to please somebody else and yes we all should make people around us feel good and happy but we should never ever lose sight of our core being and that's exactly what you were alluding to and I think it's it's a tough one because not everybody's going to like Oh yeah, a strong personality. You're like you're that. gonna rattle cages. Yeah, you're absolutely gonna. But rattle then you cages. know you're doing something right when yeah. you are. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, because like I, you, you strike me like very similar to me. I'm very respectful and I'm very open to people's opinions. And but it's not. I don't wake up every day thinking, did I please Sally yesterday? No. Who do I want to please? The Lord. I want to be doing His will, and I want to go about my life in a respectful, kind, honest manner. And then the right people will be in your pathway. Because if you're continually living a falsified version of yourself, you're going to attract people who are also probably doing the same. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting you bring up relationships because I see that all the time. too. I mean, Mm. I've been in that situation. Mm. You know, I was in a long-term relationship where, like, we couldn't have been more different as far as, like, you know, again, like, I always had these little rumblings of ambition and she was, like, homebody, like, nine to five. And, like... So much of that relationship was just spent on us trying to convince the other to be like more like us. And despite all that, we had a good run. It was seven years. Wow. But it was going to end. It was always going to end. And, I, you know, there was, to your point, like a lot of resentment, you know, bitterness. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was the more resentful of the two, you know, for a long time. And, like, oh, again, over the past year, like, we actually, like, cleared the air. And, like, I think, like, 
just forgave each other for a lot of things and a lot mm-hmm. of the resentment. And it just comes down to like, okay, like you can't change another person, nor should you try to, but you can still respect that they are the way they are and find the good in them. And, you know, that was, that was so powerful for me to like experience that and finally like let go of all of that because it's just like, okay, now my whole, my relationship with that whole time in my life is like, I appreciate the time and the growth that it allowed me, the growth that I think it probably allowed both of us, you know, and because every, every situation you are in like that, even though it's never going to work out, it points you, it points the compass more in the direction of what is right for you. And, you know, that in itself is a process that I'm still figuring out, (laughs) you know, in that area of my life and taking a break from it, honestly. But like, you know, you're always growing and you're always like learning from those experiences, the ones that don't work out, you know, like there's something, there's something of value, even from, I think the worst situations we encounter, Yeah. you know, and there's some, there's a way that it makes us grow. And I think empowers us to step more into who we are. Oh, you know, I've got a song and I think it'll come out in April and it's just exactly about all of that. It, it, you know, a lot of people ask why in the moment, like, why did that happen? Why am I going through this pain? But you are for a reason, because a lot of closed doors, a lot of traumatic experiences, a lot of the bad things, and I'm going to do this bad things, you know, (laughs) are bad at the moment, but you'll see maybe not in the moment the goodness that lies within that situation and the people that we need to then remove or get removed you know we it's a learning curve and we're always going to go through like life like that mm-hmm. um and so but learning to be grateful when things are going awry in your life mm-hmm. is really the pivotal point of true growth i think because then you realize ah uh, now i see why that had to be the way it was why I didn't get that job why Mm -hmm. I took that wrong turn why that person never came in my life you know yeah it's beautiful you learn Mm -hmm. you live you learn you grow and that should be the way we live every day yeah yeah and when you come to that point of inner peace it does give you a better understanding of what that was all for (laughs) you know I think to my point I'm gonna be 36 I actually as of air date of this episode i'm gonna be 36 tomorrow oh, on the 10th well, happy birthday in <laughs> thank you this is my birthday episode and oh. like you know my entire 30s to this point have been like clearing those decks right mm-hmm. and now like coming to this point where you know i feel like things are going really well uh you know professionally personally like i'm, I'm really at this point of inner peace it's like well it's because of all the muck that the, the first half of my 30s you know had me wade through in one in one way or another like you don't get to a point of inner peace and you don't get to a point of being able to connect your experience without first having those experiences and it's important to do that and like like nobody wants to go through it you know we'd all i think rather just have an easy time navigating through life but life just doesn't work that way nope it certainly does not right so you've (laughs) got to fortify yourself yeah Yeah, it's it's so true um you know for every kind of bad experience that you know you have to wade through go through and i like that go through the the muck of my 30s Mm -hmm. that would be a good song the muck of my 30s (laughs) um it is it, it gets you to where you actually need to be and and then like when something else comes on top of you that may be traumatic, you, you know where to navigate your, your, your inner being to. You know you've already done and gone through this before. Or you've, and, and this too shall pass, right? It's an amazing saying because it's like, it will. Like trauma does not last forever. It can within us if we don't learn to forgive or we don't let go. And that's a big component mm-hmm. of finding that, you know, good place within us. Yeah. Because, you know, I hear it said so much too, like forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. It's for you. It's so you can make peace with whatever happened. Yeah. No matter how awful it was, like yeah. you've got to get to a point where you can push beyond it. Yeah. And you can move forward from it, you know. And I think there's a difference between moving on and moving forward. Yeah. You know, like moving on. Because like he's, like we've been talking about, like you never completely forget something, right? No, especially no. if it was a trauma, especially if it was, you know, a big event in your life, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse. But you can move forward from it. You can move forward with the lessons from it. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing is to make sure that you're always putting yourself in the best position to do that. 
Yeah. And realize that, you know, a lot of what we encounter in this world, whether we want it to be or not, is temporary. Relationships, jobs, whatever situation like, a lot of it doesn't last forever, you know? It comes for a season, you know? It's either a season, a reason, or a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people don't really want to forgive um, just because they feel like they're condoning the other person's actions. I'm here to tell you, as somebody who has forgiven everybody who has wronged me, and I mean in the worst possible ways, um, in order to forgive somebody, you have to find somewhere within you to realize like why has that person done that and it does not condone what they do there are terrible people in this world who do terrible things and I've been a victim of some of those things but you have to find it somewhere within you to realize that like that age-old saying hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. and so they probably don't wake up on a morning and think I'm going to go out and do this Um, So you're not condoning their actions, but you're allowing yourself to just rid yourself of what it is they've done and so that you can move forward. Mm -hmm. And perhaps they'll continue doing that, but they're not at peace and they're not at ease. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. It's not like you just can. I'm not ever, ever going to sit on a stage or on a platform and say these things unless I personally have been through them and I have done these things myself and it is not easy I promise you and it is okay not to be okay I am an advocate for mental health I have come out the other side but I too have issues and problems that I continue to have to struggle and deal with however I don't let it affect me the way it used to right and that's a big part of that was forgiving and letting go, but also just realizing that whatever is happening is happening for a reason, whether I see it at the moment or I don't. Right, right. You know? And I think it's also important to realize, too, like, you know, to your point that that other person, you know, the other party involved who wronged mm-hmm. you, like, they may still continue to behave that way. Their healing is not your responsibility. Exactly. There's nothing you can do to heal somebody. There's nothing you can do to change someone, to convince them that they should be different. You know, there's nothing you can say to get someone to find what they need to find within themselves. <laughs> I love the fact that you said that because I think so many families and friends struggle with people around them. They're trying to get them into therapy they're trying to get them help they're trying to get them to see that they're not okay especially with addictions i believe Mm -hmm. unless the person in question wants to heal themselves or even can see that they have a problem you are wasting your time Mm -hmm. and i mean that from a place of love i don't mean you're wasting your time because you love them of course you want to see them better you want them to get help but it's just a serious waste of time until that person in question sees it within themselves and who really wants to heal because they're on their own pathway of destruction. Mm-hmm. I look at up until I was 27, I didn't want to hear what anybody had to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't take anybody. I thought I knew best. Mm-hmm. And and there are times, of course, we'll still find ourselves, but you can check in with yourself mm-hmm. now and I can check in with a higher power rather than having to go to other people or a therapist, like I said, but that's just because I found that to be more beneficial now. But there are people I know and who are around me who desperately need help, but they don't see it. Mm-hmm. So all you can do is be a lending hand and a good ear, but it's a broken record on repeat. Yeah. If if and and it tears families and it tears friendships and relationships up continuously because one person is invested more in their self-healing than the other change comes from within it does it does it really it's as simple as that Mm -hmm. and it really does Mm -hmm. and i know everything we're talking about if there's somebody watching or listening going oh yes the same old Mm -hmm. but i think you can advocate for it and so can i and you can only listen to people who've been through these things themselves right you know i don't know how else to put it it sounds textbooky but promise i promise you i everything i say is from experience yeah yeah i mean there there's truth to it yeah Yeah, and that's why p that's why you keep hearing it in the personal development space so i think that's why a lot Mm -hmm. of cliches are cliches for a reason just because people have been through it and can advocate for it yeah absolutely yeah absolutely well, we, ha- we have a few minutes left. I have a few more questions for you. I uh, want to, of course, talk about the music and everything happening <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I know. It's uh, everything about music. 
This is a music podcast. I right? know. I'm sorry. I, no, I, no, 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 no. It, it, it feeds it all, into my music. It all though. does. And like, honestly, like our experiences inform how we show up yeah. in a professional sense. Mm. Whatever we're doing, like, you know, people say, oh, well, you got to keep the personal separate from professional. No, especially not in the arts. No, it's a it, whole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a- it informs like one has to be right to serve the other yeah. and vice versa. Like there's no, like if your personal if your personal stuff isn't put together, your professional stuff's going to suffer for it, exactly. and vice versa. You know, yeah. so so with that, you the know, songs are born from stories. Mm-hmm. This is the story. <laughs> Art over algorithms, people. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But with that, it all tie. It does tie together. And so, um, recently here, as of release date of this episode, you just released the video for Clovers. Mm. So tell us about the creative process behind that one. That song is my just, oh, it's a pure love I have for it. Um, you know, like I said, I came back to Christ in 2020. And one of the people who were already based in Nashville was, um, I call him my papa bear. He's called Drac Rodney Gibson. Mm. And him and his family are the most adorable people put on this planet. They're Christ followers. They just have the love and they exude the Lord. And um, just faith had it that I was put on a project that uh, Drac had been doing some engineering for. Then they put us in contact again. We didn't end up working on it, but we ended up writing Clovers. And because Clovers was the first song when after I came back to faith, it was a thank you Mm -hmm. to the Lord for always being there. If you listen to the lyric, you know, I know you never left my side. And it's just really just encompassing everything. Like I've washed away my sin and guilt and still do, you know, it's like you you never become perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But um, that song was birthed because of my rebirth, I guess. Um, And he is just like Drac. He never talks about himself, but I promise you that man is a living legend. And he, he you know, he worked with Prince back in the mm. day and just the production on that whole song but the video oh oh i just i'm so excited and i know when this gets released it will have been released and you'll all you will all get to see the magic that was put into it because it's pure magic it's dark to light that's as simple as i can put clovers you know mm-hmm. it really is and it's a, it's it's a testimonial kind of song really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and for anybody who feels like they'll never see the light or they'll never be able to change, I promise you, the 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 saying is when you're saved. If if somebody like me can change the way I have, I think there's literally hope for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna ever push that. I don't right. want people to ever think I sit and I'm a grandiose like, oh, you need this in your life. You need to do this. No, I just found the way. Mm-hmm. through my own journey and all i can say is just i feel so much more peaceful and um and not everybody and i promise you there's people who are close to me who don't maybe see it or they don't understand it but that's okay because i just want to show love i want to show grace and mercy the way i have been given that and that song also is just about you know just showing showing the new the new me Mm-hmm. you know so yeah i hope you all like it because it's 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 a true work and mm-hmm. it's a true piece of art i guess mm-hmm. so it's out now clover's the music yeah. video out now and going from that right into the next big thing mm-hmm. saturday march 18th you're making your debut at the grand Ole opry you're stepping into the circle which I mean, I actually, when I moved to Nashville, I worked security at the Opry, so like, Yay. I have an understanding of how big of a deal that is. But for those who don't, <clears throat> yeah, how big of a deal is that for you as an artist? And like, just what led you to that experience? Yeah, I, I you know, it's funny because I think worldwide, the Grand Ole Opry is just a prestigious stage. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's it's got that um, notoriety that like legends upon legends have stepped in that circle and debuted themselves and have continued to be in that circuit for decades Mm -hmm. and you know I never thought something like that and I don't say whatever happened to me as an artist just simply because I'm not exactly your typical country artist and you know uh people's limitations when I first moved to town were 
things like, well, you know, you're never going to play the Opry and if you won't be successful if you don't have a 615 number and <laughs> if you're not doing country music, forget it and mm-hmm. all these things. And I was like, guys, honestly, like, tell me whatever, but I'll just, I'll be over here doing my thing, you yeah. know. Um, and I had it on a, when I used to do dream boards and I had that kind of like, lifestyle and um, the Grand Ole Opry was on there <laughs> mm-hmm. I really <laughs> for for a million years literally thought that would ever be something I would do and I've I've stepped on the stage more than once but it's never been to debut right um so it's like I feel like I've had little sprinkles of getting see what the whole backstage is yeah. like and stuff like that but not ever getting this once in a lifetime opportunity mm. to really go on the most prestigious stage that exists in music especially country music yeah. wow like mm-hmm. hello <laughs> yeah and just the quality of the production there just how mm. how well everything about that experience is mm. done you know for the performers for the audience you know for everybody at home you know they have the circle tv network now right. like right. it's just like there's nothing quite like it you know to and to be able to be on that stage, not only on the stage, but to step in that circle is a tremendous accomplishment. And congratulations for the opportunity. Well, I thank you so much. And to everybody, I mean, I have just, it's been an outpour of mostly love. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm just, it kind of is overwhelming, but I have to give it back to the man upstairs, mm-hmm. man. Because there's no, how? How am I getting this opportunity over people who have been here or been in the country music scene for their entire lives who may never get to do or experience this so I know I've been given this opportunity just simply as a because I've been asking Lord I'm like I just I need a bigger platform I need to be able to reach more people Mm -hmm. with what I've got to say and what I'm doing right now and I know it was a timing thing because now I am ready to step into something of such prestige and be able to I'm not like egotistical and I'm not I'm very very humble and I'm very grateful and so I just want to be able to use that opportunity as a next stepping stone to the next thing that will Mm. come along to whichever is in his will for me so Mm -hmm. you know I'm just I'm all about it so I'm so grateful so speaking of what's next (laughs) 2023 is still just underway here there's a lot of year left in play so what are your plans after the Opry? Yeah, uh, we'll celebrate. Um, no. <laughs> of course. I, uh, I'm going to be on the road a lot this year. Um, I've got a lot of Celtic festivals mainly, um, mm-hmm. some um, different corporate, different things that I do. But yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing quite a bit of traveling. Um, I do have to um, put together my next steps for being in america because i only am temporary so i've had this is my second visa and so third time round now i'm hopefully going to go down more of a permanent road but Mm -hmm. that's a lot of work and it's a lot of stress and so that's what a lot of this year is going to entail as well um and i'm just very open to anything else that's going to come about um but just you know honestly i used to have these visions and goals and dreams and i've just i've since let everything just go and flow Mm -hmm. because what's for me is not going to pass me and it is a timing thing and i've really come to be peaceful with that and not forcing my way into things that are just clearly not meant to be but definitely going to be recording a well i am at the process of recording two separate projects right now another celtic project have no name for that yet um and helping hand is going to be my next kind of ep slash album and it's going to be kind of inspirational faith-based stuff because i haven't done that yet yeah not the faith stuff at least um so there's gonna be lots of videos coming lots of songs coming um memoir slash blog don't know what it is i'm doing i'm just writing and writing and writing (laughs) figuring out the best format literally yeah people are like oh yeah and is it this style or is it this and i'm like i have no idea i'm just going with what is being led into me uh, onto the paper at the minute so Mm -hmm. yes so lots to come (laughs) lots to come lots going on so make sure you follow Claire, everywhere you can. We'll get to that in a minute where all the socials are. But before we ask the socials question and then I, uh, and then I sign off, 
if there's one lesson that you've learned along this entire journey that you would impart to your younger self or maybe to somebody starting out on their own, what would that be? What's the most important thing? Stay true to yourself. Listen to your inner being. You know what feels good for you. You know where you're being led. Don't get distracted by all the noise around you and people's limitations and people's ideas of where you need to be. Always believe in yourself and stay true to yourself and you'll never do yourself any disservice that way. And I truly know that because I had it in earth in me. I was always going down my own way. Nobody was going to stop me or will stop me from what I need to do. Um, and I anybody coming in who's new or who's feeling a bit like, I don't know what's for me. Just listen to yourself because all the answers are inside of you. And mm -hmm. if you go within, like I said, you'll never go without. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just true belief and self and self-love, self-care. You know? yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Big Absolutely. time. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. Where can we learn more about your journey and follow it online? Yeah. The easiest place is really my website. I run it all. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no technician but uh, it's www.clairecunninghammusic that's C-L-A-R-E C-U-N-N-I-N G-H-A-M music dot com and every link is on there so um, yeah you'll find the music links the social links and anything else that I care to put up there if you want to have a look all right. Well, Claire, thanks so much. This has been a pleasure. And we could go all day, but I only have we room for could. another half hour. We could do a Joe Rogan and do three hours. I, I've had a lot of guests like that lately where it's like, we could, if I booked the room about three hours longer, we could fill that three oh. hours. But yeah, saying. it is what it is. Only have so much, so much time, but <coughs> Appreciate we'll, your time. we'll do this again. Yeah, I'd love that. And thank you. And best of luck to you on everything. This is amazing. Thanks. What you do. So thanks for giving us a voice and a platform. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, we're trying to make that bigger and better and apply a lot of these same principles, you know. So this is a good conversation, good example of what we can do together. Yeah. So. And this has been the Quinn Spin, two ends and Quinn, two ends and spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, YouTube. And more also learn more about the show primarily on Instagram at Quinspin Official. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter too, but really Instagram's the main one. Also, undergroundmusiccollective.com is our central hub for all things independent music, creativity, community, and more. You'll learn more about the show there. And of course, everything else we have going on in the UMC ecosystem. You can also learn more about UMC on all the socials: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Follow the UMC 20 playlist on Spotify. It's updated every Tuesday with 20 fresh tracks. And the latest episode or episodes of this show, because we're going to two a week until probably the summer when, you know, probably schedule wise, just have to go back to one. Nashlive.live has your live music hookup for all things happening around here that we're putting on anyway. I mean, there are a lot more things happening, but if you want to know what we're doing in the live event space, go to Nashlive.live and follow at Nashlive shows on Instagram. Revel 9's all I've become. Gonna take us out just like it brought us in the end instead of the beginning. And I'll see you next time. And I'll be 36 then. Hey now.